0: hey everyone welcome to wiki university the podcast that dives down the rabbit hole of wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge i am your professor for class today kyle Burseth, and as always i'm joined by wiki head of
1: the class jason nunez you had me at head oh thank you thank you Kyle, so much for that lovely introduction And first, let me thank our audience. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for subscribing and liking. Please, please, please remember to give us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Now, get your uh, learning hats on because we're about to go on an education ride.
0: You've got a little hat on, Jason. You're looking like a a little indie girl from a movie.
1: I am. That's my, that's my, um, my New Year's resolution.
0: Little indie girl
1: is to be more of a little indie girl.
0: Wait, what do they call that? Let's go to that topic first. Little
1: little indie girl?
0: No, I think they call it pixie dream girl.
1: Oh, get out of here! You think I'm a pixie dream girl? (laughs) Oh, you are. I walked in here a man, but I'm leaving here a what is it? Pixie dream girl. Manic pixie dream girl. Manic. Manic. Manic.
0: Is that what it's called? Manic pixie dream girl.
1: Really? Why manic? seems like a negative connotation well
0: we'll get into it no tell me now why (laughs) (laughs) now
1: why is it manic why
0: (laughs) a manic pixie dream girl mpdg is a stock character type in films film critic nathan rabin who coined the term after observing kirsten dunst's character in elizabethtown said that the Manic Pixie Dream Girl exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures. That's what you are. Me? Yeah. Thank you. The Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I'm opening
1: the doors to your world.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're opening the doors to my something. (laughs) The manic pixie dream girl, like some other stock characters, such as the magical—I can't say that. Uh, I'll say. Can I say? It? Uh, <laughs> I'll say the magical black person. Are you serious? Yeah. Where? where right mean? there at the top.
1: Oh, ma- magical negro! You're allowed to say that. I'm allowed to say that. I, I mean, don't know. it's like how they had a uh, Negro leagues. Oh, okay. Like, that's a fact.
0: Well, I don't know the context. I'm just reading a sentence, and you got to be careful with context. Anyway, the magic. I believe it's
1: called Black Girl Magic, and uh
0: Well, no, this is more like Will Smith's character in The Legend of Bagger Vance. He like. This He's the Bagger. character. He's the Bagger, type Bagger Vance. Comes out and I don't helps a white person. Helps. Right, right. Similar.
1: Ooh, similar. To, I know the ex- the perfect one.
0: Well, I just gave the perfect. No, one. No, I
1: give oh. a be- I give a better one. We'll, we'll um, see. We'll go. To the, the janitor back. from Rudy. Mm, he's not magical though. He's a janitor that's like oh why what oh, is why is he cleaning just a stadium at all times? He yeah, that's his job. No, he just appears out of nowhere. He's like he's got this magical presence. There's no mm-hmm. like why you know what I mean? Like this it's a big school.
0: Well, like he's the only janitor, I see. I don't think that's he quite fits. They usually have some sort of magical power rather vaguely defined but motivation
1: motivation is a huge magical power (laughs) try to fight me try to fight me on rudy bro let's do it
0: hey man i'm not saying that he is not very similar okay very very similar the character is patient and wise often dispensing various words of wisdom
1: <laughs> Which that's him that's the janitor. <laughs> that's
0: the janitor. Yeah, I do remember that scene from Rudy when he was like you got to use bleach. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rudy was telling the janitor how to clean.
0: No, the janitor so was telling <laughs> Rudy how to clean.
1: Oh, so Ru- uh I thought you meant like Rudy's giving him wisdom and the janitor gives him wisdom. Rudy needed the wisdom. Anyway, I'm back on Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Ooh, back on me. Oh,
0: let's go to examples here. The A.V. Club points to Catherine Hepburn's character in Bringing Up Baby as one of the earliest examples of the archetype. And then fast-forwarding, Holly Golately in Breakfast at Tiffany's, played by cultural icon Audrey Hepburn. Hepburn. Hepburn?
1: Aubrey Hepburn? was in Audrey. C- oh. Audrey Hepburn. Oh, different.
0: Sister of Catherine Hepburn, I believe. Yeah, so they're both playing these MPDGs.
1: I don't remember Sixteen Candles, never saw it, never will. I didn't
0: even bring it up.
1: Oh, uh, what was so the other one? What movie was <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany? Oh Breakfast Tiffany's. at Tiffany. Sorry. I was thinking Breakfast Club.
0: Ah, uh, yes. okay. Anyway, that is the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Let's go to my topic Re- for the day.
1: Okay, but real quick. So the man- Manic Pixie Dream Girl is what? Like a a stereotypical, ideological...
0: It's a dream girl who helps a brooding, soulful young man embrace life in its infinite mysteries and adventures.
1: Gotcha. Just like uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or something like that? Eternal Sunshine of the... That's not in here. No. Have you seen
0: that movie? I can't remember it. That's the
1: whole thing. It's like he meets like this like young. She's got blue hair. Like, ooh, that's opening my eyes to different things. And okay. so then he starts like, or I guess that's that was a relationship because it wasn't the movie about like he tries to forget the relationship. I don't know. It's a great film. I, Watch
0: I, it. I've seen it. It didn't stick with me,
1: and I don't even like serious Jim Carrey, but that's a that's a great film. I don't mind serious Jim Carrey. I hate serious Jim Carrey.
0: Well, anyway, Jennifer Lawrence's character in the movie Silver Linings Playbook, who gets Bradley Cooper to become his true self through the power of dance. Natalie Portman in Garden State, who you right, know, yeah, meets sad that. Zach Braff, and he's so moody, blah blah blah. Anyway, that's the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. But nice. my topic today, Ooh. Jason, is called a Balak Band box. A
1: ballock band box. Do you know it? No. Is it an instrument?
0: Balak Balak box. Balak Band Box? Sign it out. You listen it out. Listen it out. Balak Band Box.
1: Balak band box.
0: Ban. Ban. Bayan. Ban. You're doing this on purpose. No, I'm you're not.
1: being a troll. <laughs> Balak Bayan Band box. Balak bayan box. What's that middle word? b a It's one word,
0: Balak Bayan.
1: Limit, can I see it now? Balak Bayan. Okay, Yeah, I band. wasn't lying Balak Band? Balak Band. Balak Band. Balak band. band box. Band. Okay, what is this? Is this <laughs> like a box that you put your dick in? Cuz I had could. one of those. You
0: could. Depends on the box. So I learned about this because my mom sent me a letter. Oh God! Was or she a card. <laughs> oh okay. God! She sent me a card with a dad? my dad's. <laughs> so she sent me a card in for Christmas and sent a little little money in there nice. and said I decided to send you some money instead of sending you a Balak-Bam box. And I was like, what? What?
1: A what now? A what? A when the who?
0: So I looked it up. A you didn't
1: ask your mom. You're like, nope, hang up no. the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a
0: card. I didn't hang up uh, the card <laughs> on her. A Balak band box is a corrugated box containing items sent by overseas Filipinos who are known as Balak Bands. Literally, that means returning to the country or nation. Hmm. Though often shipped by freight forwarders specializing in Balak band boxes by sea, Such boxes can be brought by Filipinos returning to the Philippines by air.
1: And who is it named after? Is that what they're called? Like the people who started it?
0: Well, I'm going to go to Balak Bands briefly, which translates to, it means an overseas Filipino, which is a person of full or partial Filipino origin, but living or residing outside of the country. The term generally applies to both people of Filipino ancestry and citizens abroad. And as of 2019, there were over 12 million Filipinos overseas.
1: Oh, so we got to get them back.
0: Well, only if you have a box for it.
1: Oh. <laughs> so what you're saying the solution would be to get all the Filipinos in this, in, what is it called? Bikram box? <laughs> Balak band. Balak band. Box. Balak band box. Balak band. So it's basically like their care package. They're like, and, and, and one second, is this from people from the Philippines back home sending it to their relatives outside of outside of the Philippines? Or is it the outside of the Philippines relative sending it back home? Yeah, because it back the home.
0: people that left are known as Balak Bands. Gotcha. Okay.
1: So they're sending, you know, like. Sending back Mexican Cokes and... M-
0: maybe, I don't know.
1: Yeah, stuff that's like outside of the Philippines, yeah, right? Yeah, stuff know? you
0: can't get uh, Different flavors,
1: Different flavored star bur- star bur- bursts.
0: Anything that your family might like, I think. So here's the history behind it. In 1973, the Philippine government under the former Philippine president, Ferdinand Marcos, began to specifically encourage Filipino Americans to visit their family hometowns in the Philippines. Individuals who did so became known as Balak Ban from the tag-along words Balak, to return, and Ban, town settlement. So they're Back in town. Yeah, back in town.
1: The boys are back back in town. town. Boys are back in town. Uh, (laughs) Is there more lyrics to that? There's no other lyrics, right? It's just that over and over? Like it's just a hook? No, they also go, the boys are back.
0: The boys (laughs) are back. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like in a sultry voice at the end?
0: No, they also say, Just the, boys back, back, the, boys back, the boys are back. The boys are back. The boys are back. The boys are back. The boys
1: are back. The boys are back. The boys are back. The boys. The boys. The boys. The boys. The boys. boys the boys. boys. boys, 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 boys <laughs> okay, I don't like yeah. where this is going. <laughs>
0: anyway, as part of this program, we'll go to Tin Lizzie next, which oh, is the great. van that <laughs> wrote that, I think. And I think there are more. Did lyrics. you say Tin Lizzie? I think it's Tin Lizzie. I
1: think it's Thin Lizzie. Is it not?
0: Oh, it might be thin. We'll find out. <laughs> Tin Lizzie. God, people are on the edge of their seats. As part of this program, customs procedures were eased for these travelers so they could bring back these boxes. So they were a little lax. Yeah. yeah. And, like bring it on through. Yeah. This program was maintained and expanded by subsequent administrations. Individuals who returned returned often brought gifts for family. And friends, part of a culture of using gifts to show appreciation and improve relations by those who were seen by the community as having achieved success in a career abroad.
1: Filipino love language, gift-giving. Gift-giving. Gift-giving, yeah. yeah. My love language, sucking. Do
0: you know that? Some would also call that gift-giving. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that?
1: I I didn't, but now, if you say so, I didn't wrap your present.
0: Yeah. (laughs) For those returning with valid ballot ban status, customs fees were waived for the contents of two boxes per individual. Eventually, you know those first years when they didn't really have the regulations figured out, they were bringing some big-ass boxes. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And then they slapped on a subscription-based service. Now it's every month. <laughs> you, nine, <laughs> 1999, <laughs> you get shipped a, a, Balig, a... bunch of
0: Filipino crap. A
1: balikbayan box.
0: Or no, I guess it would be no, like American crap. Or, or, Overse- outside of the... U- yeah.
1: Overseas crap. Mm-hmm.
0: Eventually, it became common to package gifts, often household goods and other practical items, in a box while still abroad. The boxes would then be shipped to the Philippines. The Balakban box became popular circa the 1980s in the U.S. due to their influx of overseas Filipino workers in the country. The first freight forwarder to offer Balakban box services was Rico Nunga, who started REN International in Los Angeles, California, in 1981. Rico! Suave. Nunda. I thought it was Nunda. Nunga. <laughs> <laughs> the following year, Ramon Ungo, a Filipino residing in New York City, founded Port Jersey Shipping International. These two companies are considered the pioneers. Of door-to-door delivery of Balikbayan boxes, which back then were charged import duties upon arrival in the Philippines, so it was like international DoorDash.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those are like the first subscription-based, like uh, fun bundle packs. You know how like now. They send you like uh, awesome shit, and it comes with like I don't know, a hatchet like
0: a, and a watch, a hatchet, <laughs> a
1: whiskey glass, and like a lighter or whatever, or like a cigar cutter that you know you just pack, and a t shirt. Can it's,
0: you imagine getting even two months of that crap? And
1: like where
0: it is in your like, house? Yeah,
1: what are you doing with it? And you get one glass. Oh, I got a straight razor. A, this is awesome. I'm gonna, gonna drink my whiskey. Drink shape. by yourself? Yeah. <laughs> like what? It's such stupid stuff. Like it is. a pair of suspenders. And it's, like, 50 bucks a month, and you get, like, $15 worth of crap. Like, this, it's all crap. This is what people that work in a
0: warehouse deemed cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On June 30th, 1987, then-Philippine President Corazon Aquino enacted Executive Order Number 206. This order amended Section 105F, and added a new subsection, F1, yeah. to Republic Act Number 1937, also known as the Tariff and Customs Code of the Philippines. Well, why didn't you just say so? Which Wait, was so this
1: th- was good or bad for the people bringing in, in the stuff? I take it bad. Because it taxes them more. And all yeah, the stuff. word
0: tariff is usually Tar- yeah. bad. Yeah. The amended Section 105 of the Tariff and Customs Code of the Philippines provides duty and tax-free privileges to balikbayan boxes sent to the Philippines by Overseas Filipino Workers, OFWs, as recognition of their labors in foreign lands, as well as bringing additional foreign exchange annually that contributed to the national recovery effort. This allowed tax free entry of personal goods into the country from Filipinos overseas. People then began sending balikbayan ban boxes through friends and coworkers returning to the Philippines. So it was actually good. They were not charging them.
1: Oh, specifically because they are they're out it's and about. coming from family members yeah. trying to do trying to inject more Filipino
0: m- culture out right. into the world, yeah. Oh, no,
1: I thought I thought the other way around, where they're bringing other cultures into the Philippines.
0: No, no, well, I think... It's both ways. Yeah, both ways. So right. As in, they're letting them send stuff back in the spirit of gift-giving, but also the gift-giving. they're proud that they are out in the world succeeding. But here we go. After wow. the September... Is it a huge butt? Is it a huge but? I it's like a pretty butts. big but. Yes. After the September 11 attacks Ooh, in the U.S. and the passage of the Patriot Act by the U.S. Congress, ballot ban boxes have been subjected to rigorous inspections by the United States Department of Homeland Security's outbound exam team that caused delays of up to three weeks at the U.S. Customs Inspection Facility. This extended shipping time from 21 days to over 30 days. <sighs> That's not that big a difference. It's
1: still, it's you know, it's getting annoying. Family, yeah, family needs the shit that I sent out thirty days ago. You know, like they just—it's all spoiled. You know, when you know you got a couple of uh, bad apples in there can spoil the rest. It's very true. You know, uh, Jason,
0: Jason, Jason. Let me just interrupt you for a
1: second. Tara. Please.
0: I'm going to go ahead and say that the September 11th attacks were the result of more than a couple bad apples in there. What do you mean? There was a couple bad apples
1: in that plane. Yeah. Well, they spoiled it for I'm the rest gonna of us. I'm going to say they were worse than bad apples. Well, all I'm saying is that, you know, because of uh these terrorists, all these bad apples, suddenly we can't even, we, ha- we can't wear our shoes through the airport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, the bad apples ruin it for the rest of us. The inspections
0: also resulted in opened Baloch band boxes and complaints of package pilferage Ooh. and mishandling. The Philippine Bureau of Customs also conducts 100% inspections that added to the burden of delayed shipments. So there you go. And of course, sometimes people smuggle contraband, blah, blah, blah. It's part of the game. Yeah. What can you get past the gates?
1: Part of the game. My aunt used to travel back to Peru a lot, and she would always have, like, friends hit her up. Like, word gets around in the mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Um, aunt is going back Yeah, to Peru. Everyone gives her a phone call say, can you take this? Can you take that? got this bag of clothes. I got these games. Bo- whatever it may be. Toys, presents. Get that. Get that." Uh, so I understand this. And uh, she's
0: got to stick all this stuff up her butt to get it on the plane, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, brutal. And it's all, uh, what's it called? Um it, it it's all butts, but it, it <laughs> reminds me of that that kind of thing. And then vice versa, when she comes back, oh. I'm like, hey, you got to get me some of those bananas that they have in Peru.
0: <laughs> you can't be bringing back fruit.
1: They're called island bananas. They're called island bananas, and they're orange. Uh-huh. And I, I've spoken about this before. They're orange. I don't think you have. They're delicious. They're sta- They're like they're like bananas, but stoutier. So thicker, okay. and shorter, kind of a toad of you bananas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Delicious toad. Yeah,
0: just say toad bananas. You know. Actually,
1: look up if you can look up a picture of island bananas.
0: Good, because uh, I'm I'm pretty done. Because in this
1: Spanish thing. they call they're called uh, plátanos de la isla, which is island bananas or, or bananas of the island or from the island. So, and uh, I've tried vigorously to find such bananas in the U.S. and they do not have it here.
0: Well I can't find an article for Island Banana, but there is an article for
1: chode Banana. Ooh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to Thin Lizzie.
1: Oh, perfect. Now you have or reminded me about Thin ba- Lizzy. No, it's Thin Lizzie. It uh, is Thin yeah. Lizzy. Now I gotta I feel like it's twenty twenty three. There's gotta be some sort of service that can bring me those bananas. Ah uh, This can't be too hard. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Right? wow well, I don't I don't know. They got like fucking acai. But isn't acai like a uh, this fruit that you can't even grow in the U.S.? It comes from Brazil or some shit. They got that at my Trader Joe's. Why can't I get, uh,
0: Joe, dude? These dude, island you're bananas. You're coming at me like I'm
1: Joe. Yeah, you're.
0: I'm not. I'm not. All these restraints. The all these
1: TSA restraints. No, I can't no, no, get no. a couple of bananas J- Jason, over the Jason, over the Jason. border.
0: You don't go to Trader Joe's for your exotic fruits. Trader Joe's has a pretty limited like. Assortment, you gotta go to one of the Mexican grocery
1: stores. I've been everywhere. they don't have it. I've been everywhere, man. What I've about been everywhere?
0: What about um Thai bananas? Are they similar to island bananas? They're like the little short Thai, thai bananas they're little, oh, little mini ones, yeah,
1: no, they're little minis, they're not chodes they're l- they look they're short exactly and stout. like bananas, but they're just smaller in size like they're I
0: think they're short and stout. all right, I'm going back to thin Lizzie. Thin Lizzy are an Irish hard rock band formed in Dublin in 1969. Their music reflects a wide range of influences, including blues, soul music, psychedelic rock, and traditional Irish folk music, but is generally classified as hard rock or sometimes heavy metal. Mm. I would not consider the song The Boys Are Back in Town that was featured in... Toy Story 2 or
1: something? Are they still thin or are they thick Lizzie now? Oh, two C's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Their live performances are wild. Give me a Where Are They Now of Thick Lizzie.
0: Hold on. The singles Whiskey in the Jar, a traditional Irish ballad, The Boys Are Back in Town, and Waiting for an an Alibi were international hits. Various incarnations of the band emerged over the years, based initially around guitarists Scott Gorman and John Sykes. Okay, you wanted to see where are they now? Well, the one guy's dead. Oh, oh boy. Who's thick? Lynat, Thin Lizzy's de facto leader, was composer and co-composer of almost all of the band's songs. Oh, he composed and co-composed. That's (laughs) great. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's great. And the first black Irishman to achieve commercial success in the field of rock music. Nice. He might be the first black Irishman. Irishman. Should we go to black Irishman? Yeah. All right. Black people in Ireland is the name of the article. Black people, or people of color, have lived in Ireland in small numbers since the 18th century. Throughout the 18th century, they were mainly concentrated in the major cities and towns, especially in the Limerick, Cork, Belfast, Kinsale, Waterford, and Dublin areas.
1: Wait, there's a city called Limerick. Yeah,
0: really? Oh, sure. huh Limerick is a western city in Ireland, situated within cal- County Limerick. It is the province of Munster and is located in the Midwest, which comprises part of the southern region. Well, Munster
1: f- as in the cheese.
0: Mm, I think that's German, but oh, okay. okay. I meant spelling. Munster is one of the provinces of Ireland in the south of Ireland. That's it? Is it spelled Ah, like Munster? No, there's more there.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah, it's spelled like Munster. Okay. But they don't have like a big field of cheese. All right. History. Cheese is made, right? Field? With a big field of cheese. Field of cheese, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If I build it, they will come.
0: If you have some moldy cheese, you can actually slice it off, plant it in the ground, grow
1: more cheese. Yeah, I'm fascinated, but I have to get some sort of, like, um, international uh, Uber Eats delivery of this thing.
0: Okay, we're 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 not talking about Sparion right now. What's Sparion? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> hey, Sharks, here's my idea. And I've been pitching it to everyone, so I'm going to have to cut this Let's out. Let's do it. Let's do it. My idea is, and this spurred, this is my story. Hey, my story. Are you cutting this out? I don't know. Okay, because I do want this to exist. It's a billion-dollar idea, <laughs> Don't sharts. tell them. Then. Okay, so Sperion. I was in London, right? And I flew, like, Norwegian Air or something. And it's one of these airlines where they're like, you can only have a 10-pound bag or something. Right. That's but right. on the way there, I could have, you know, whatever the U.S. standards are. Oh, wow. So I walk in, and I got my... 20-pound bag, and they're like, well, this is going to cost you 200 bucks or whatever. Like, it's maybe not 200, but okay. it was a lot. All right. And I was like, Fuck you guys, I'm putting all this in my pockets, and I'm walking through security, and then I'm going to put it back in my bag once I get through.
1: Wait, they allowed you to walk through security with things in your pocket?
0: Yeah. Well, no, I just dump it in the tray, and, you know, I, I had, like, eight layers of clothing on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But one of the things I had was like a big (laughs) block of cheese. Great. From did you have a great emas from cheddar, Uh, which is a real place from cheddar, cheddar, and it was cheddar cheese, which is cheddar cheese. Yeah, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing back getting rid of that. No, I'm not getting rid of that. So anyway, then I get through, and of course, there's all these like duty free shops. Oh right, right. So I was like, "Well, what's the weight thing? If I can just buy a bunch of stuff here, don't tell me you got to balance out the plane and all this other bullshit." And you didn't, you didn't weigh me. You're telling this to an Irishman.
1: (laughs) English. Oh, English. Sorry. Yeah,
0: I was like, "Look at me! I should get to bring in a heavier bag because I'm not,
1: I'm less heavy than your usual, yeah, yeah, than your standard average."
0: There should be a scale. All right, I'm getting off a sparring,
1: but there should be a scale. That weighs you. That weighs in the total fr- package. In front of everybody, it weighs you. And Man. then it and you subtract it from your limit. Yes. And so then you are allowed to carry that the the leftover of that in your bag.
0: And if you're way over the limit, you gotta no pay extra. And then a group of people also come out and go, Shame Shame, Shame.
1: shame. And then shame. they spit on you. And
0: they're <laughs> like, That'll be a hundred dollars more. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> they give you a spit towel though. That's nice. Anyway, bringing this cheddar back all the way to Los Angeles, it made me think some people have extra room in their carry-on. You should fill that spare space up, spare on, and, you know, say I want cheddar. Say you want your island bananas. Hey, fill that space up with some island bananas. Bring it back to Los Angeles, and we'll go door-to-door. It's basically Balak-Bam boxes. Interesting. And I didn't know they
1: exist. I'm not completely opposed to this idea. My thing is, how do they get the, the, the product? Like, you're going to send these people who are just on vacation, they're coming back home, Yeah. and now you want them to run an errand? Or No, like
0: no, 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 no. There is a place at the airport. past security to make it easier. Of course. And our mules, we call them mules, yeah, yeah. will pick them up and drop them off. At another, like, Amazon locker secu- type of exactly, situation. Exactly, okay. yep. Now, it would be...
1: Wait, what? You go through security after? No, you don't go through security. That's what I'm saying. Okay, because you said before security, but I'm like, you don't pass security after you deplane.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a little brick and mortar shop where you drop it off. Right, right. Okay. Anyway, the reason I got this idea is it would mostly work for expensive items. Cheese or bananas. Or wine. Yeah. And a friend of mine, in addition to the cheese issue that I had, but a friend of mine imports wine but only imports it at like 800 hundred dollar bottles and above so he can't get a whole cargo thing of wine he It'll just isn't much. selling enough right so he's got to import it by the box which is like 20 bottles of wine or 10 bottles of wine yeah, where does that go throw it on the s- throw it in the little uh water bottle holder on my backpack when i'm hopping on the plane give me a little cut you know
1: oh you mean but just one bottle one bottle. But if but this guy needs like 20 bottles, and you're like, yo, we one got bottle? mules
0: coming and going nonstop, and everybody's got a little water bottle holder on the side of their thing. They just pop that wine bottle in there, spare you
1: on, saved the day. I feel like people are gonna be cracking into this wine bottle before anything else. I mean, yeah. you're giving people these products that they can just open. They get rated. You have your top mules
0: mm. and then you got your new mules. Mule. You don't trust the expensive items with your new mules,
1: all right? Top mules, new mules. Yes. Yeah. And then like when you do a, a successful like exchange or transfer, it does like that. Exactly. <laughs> <Just a mule laughs> <set. Yeah. laughs>
0: During COVID, when people weren't flying as much, Mm -hmm. they were filling up those empty seats with boxes and shipping. Right. They stole your Sperion. They stole my Sperion. But plane travel is back, baby, and we got spare spots in our luggage, and you could be a mule for Sperion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like it, yo. Let me sign. I'll sign. Stick it up my butt. Just like your aunt. She was the original Sperion. Sweet. For 1%? Yeah, 1% of your company, you cut. <laughs> and you are going to get all 100% of your butt. Whoa, you're making me hungry.
0: Where were we here? We are on black people in Ireland. That's right. According to the 2016 Census of Population, 39,834 people identify as black or black Irish with an African background, whereas 2,863 people claim to have descended from any other black background. Here's the history. During the 18th century, it was common and even fashionable, oh boy, for middle-class Irish families to take black servants into their households as a sign of wealth and prestige. So they were getting paid, at least. So even the Irish are like pieces of shit. (laughs) How dare you. In particular, having a young black servant attend an Irish lady of the house was considered a sign of exceptional wealth and high position in society. It was considered exceptional wealth and high position in society. One of the most well-known black servants in Ireland during this time was Tony Small. They should have said notable servants. Tony Smalls? Tony Small. All right. (laughs) Just checking. (laughs) I was trying to think of a Tony Smalls rap. But I was. But but this is
1: Tony Small, not Small. Small. So so there's yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) During the American Revolutionary War, Small fled his owners from South Carolina, finding Lord Edward Fitzgerald in a near-death condition and assisting his recovery. Subsequently, Lord Fitzgerald returned to Ireland, where Tony Small became a dear friend to the family. Later, on a trip to London. Tony met his future wife, a French maid named Julia. Sexy. Whoa, orange Julius? The couple later had three children, moved to London, and established a business. That is the classic American success story.
1: Leave the U.S. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come to the U.S., then leave it. (laughs) Come to the U.S. against your will. And then prosper somewhere else, outside of the U.S. Exactly. You got wifed up. Was it the red hair? It was the red hair, the freckles.
0: Ah, Maybe. Or maybe maybe it went the other way. Maybe it was the French maid outfit.
1: He was dressed in a French... They made him dress as a French maid? No, he married a French maid. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm.
0: Classic sexy outfit.
1: Very very sexy. The I'm French, sure. I'm sure the
0: French maid outfit has been canceled at this point, so we sh- probably shouldn't. Not in France. What do you mean? It's still a popular uh, Halloween costume. Can you imagine at this point if a maid showed up wearing a French maid outfit because they were new? It's their first day on the job, and they thought this is what people, this is what
1: maids wear. I I mean, I'd be like, if you're wearing that, I'm wearing no clothes because that's the next step. I mean. <laughs> Hands, My hands are clear of this. (laughs) I can't can't stop the momentum now. You came in that French outfit.
0: Dress for the job you want, not the one you have. (laughs) A number of formerly enslaved black Americans relocated to Ireland. In addition to Tony Small, the preacher John Jaya, and scholar William G. Allen both resided in Ireland for
1: several years. Is this because they heard about uh, Tony? Maybe. Hey, yo, did you know. hear Tony Small? What happened to Tony Small? Oh, he's living it up with a f- French French biddy up in uh, <laughs> Ireland. And they're like, oh, sh- that's a great idea. Let's that's do true. it. That's true. Yeah. That like, is. if you hear of those things, I'm like, yo, maybe he's got, he knows something we don't. French. <laughs>
0: French. Yes. <laughs> the language of love. Yeah. And Greek, as I'm sure.
1: He oh, <laughs>
0: boy. Many black people who settled in Ireland assimilated into the wider Irish population, including entering into mixed marriages and having children with white Irish people. Mulatto Jack... Crazy! (laughs) (laughs) Mulatto Jack was also a child of interracial marriage. Abducted from Ireland in the early 18th century, he was subsequently sold as a slave in Antigua. After helping plot a slave rebellion, he was discovered by colonists and his release was negotiated for several months until agreed upon provided his instant deportation back to Ireland. The black Irish singer, Rachel Baptist, is also thought to have married a white spouse in the 1760s. Hmm. Should we go to Rachel Baptist? Sure. What does she sing? She's an artist? She was an Irish based black singer from 1750 to 1775 her first recorded appearance on stage was in dublin in february 1750 at a benefit concert for bernardo palma her italian singing teacher the first live aid
1: (laughs) that's pretty cool you got to perform for your teacher that you know
0: well, I don't know. It's a benefit concert. Maybe Bernardo Palma died. Oh, benefit concert. Yeah, benefit is usually not good for the person it's benefiting. Right. Something happened.
1: Do you like going to benefit shows or any like? I don't know that
0: I've ever been
1: to one. I mean, I'm sure you've been to some sort of like benefit comedy show where they at, did anybody yeah, asked you might to have donate. Performed. Okay,
0: we probably raised eight dollars <laughs> total.
1: I hate when they do fundraisers for like, like specifically like a comedy fundraiser mm-hmm. for like a serious thing. Oh, it's just like, yeah. Why can't you guys do like a golf tournament for this serious thing?
0: Like, oh, nothing you know? goes better with cancer than comedy. <laughs> right?
1: We all need to laugh. I mean, it it does, it yeah. does really, but but it doesn't, but it doesn't, right? Because if anyone needs f- humor, is the person who has cancer or is living through that? Yeah.
0: So, Baptist performed regularly in Dublin, often at the Marlborough Green Gardens. The Ooh. writer John O'Keefe saw her perform and described her appearing on stage, quote-unquote, a real black woman, a native of Africa. She always appeared in the orchestra in a yellow silk gown. Oh, I was like, why is she talking that way? But it's like, oh, because
1: they're in Ireland, and they're like...
0: She's not talking.
1: This is Not John, her. I know the writer the John The writer, writer talking about, like, why... Is he talking about her that way? But it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because she's like, what is it? Not a commodity, like. A novelty. A novelty. To be I- yeah, in, in Ireland, yeah.
0: A real black woman, a native of Africa. She always appeared in the orchestra in a yellow silk gown and was heard by the applauding company with great delight, without remarks upon her sables. I don't know what that means. I assume, like, her looks or her. Sables? Yeah. I'm not sure. Let's go to sables if I can. Okay. Sable? Sable. Well, this
1: isn't what you expected.
0: It's not. It doesn't make sense for the sentence I just read. A sable is a mammal in the weasel family. Hmm. So there's an American sable. Uh, It's kind of like a ferret, I think. There's not even a picture. Weird. Okay, so. So going
1: back to context, what was the. Or you're saying it it's it the doesn't cl- refer to that.
0: I assume only because <laughs> he's saying a real black woman, a native of Africa, he's talking about her skin color mm. and maybe people are not discussing her skin color, meaning like they're taking her for her talent rather than Yeah, but this asshole's really deconstructing <laughs> he's her like color. But 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 lest we not forget. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway, she performed in England. She married John Crow. Based on her appearing under her married name, Baptist performed between the summer of 1758 and spring of 1767, with more exact details unknown. John Crow, often referred to simply as Mr. Crow, hey, that's Mr. Crow to you, was a musician and taught violin and guitar, but also worked as a restorer of oil pla- oil paintings using both the italian and english methods wow we're really in the uh, weeds here is there anything else you want to
1: yeah to learn more about about the french methods of (laughs) uh oil painting restorement
0: there's no link to that Ah. all right i'm going to the article of painting restoration if there is one okay i'm on the conservation and restoration of paintings and then we need to wrap this up Paintings cover a wide range of various mediums, materials, and their supports. Blah blah blah. You want to go to basic care? What is the?
1: Is there like a very famous painting that has been restored? Ooh. Or perhaps one that was famous and the restoration went wrong. Oh, I would love
0: to see that. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't wish for it, but,
1: but I. I mean, if it's like some sort of like portrait of like an old old king who was a terrible person then i uh, yes. don't mind you know yeah. but uh yeah imagine if like um well not not that the mona lisa is oil is it
0: uh, I'll, I'll say there's some oil in there
1: yeah just imagine that imagine like it went you know big news it's like we're gonna restore it it's gonna take eight to whatever weeks and then news <laughs> breaks that they look <laughs> yeah. completely it up no it takes like six years oh does it really
0: (laughs) no i assume if you have a mona lisa you're being real careful but then it's like we're still working on it it's so meticulous oh they're like afraid (laughs) to say that they (laughs) they just no they take six years but they do an awful job it's kind of like okay i don't see any screw-ups here but have you taken a look
1: at the at the mona yeah in real life
0: irl yeah did you really there was a lot of people is there a big line no, it's just a—well, hu- it, when I went, it was a huge crowd of people around it, and you're just kind of like—
1: I heard it's small, trying right? —trying to see it. Yeah, it's it wasn't that It's long. not a grower?
0: But this reminds me, Jason, of the Ronaldo
1: statue.
0: Did Ren- you ever see that?
1: Ronaldo sta- Ro-
0: Ronaldinho? No,
1: Redo- Ronaldo. Where is the statue?
0: Uh, it's in his hometown where he grew up. All right, I'm going off wiki here. We're not.
1: Ronaldo, the, anchor? the soccer player. Oh, oh! I thought. Oh no, that's Geraldo.
0: You mean Geraldo? <laughs> I mean Geraldo. So I just went off Wiki here, just so I can show you off Wiki. We're going off Wiki. We're going off Wiki, and then we gotta wrap this up. But this, talking about your messed up, art restoration. Mm-hmm. This was a new piece of art, mm-hmm. and this is the soccer player Ronaldo. His statue. This is the bust they made of him.
1: No. This handsome man. <laughs> See, they try to put too much. They try to put too much detail with, like, hey, you know how he smirks in a certain way? And you know how he has this type of hair? It just does not good. You go know how well he's with a the little
0: cross eyed? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That is wild, but that wasn't being restored. That's just how they made it. That
0: Off. that was the artist's interpretation. Ouch! Of Ronaldo.
1: Ouch. Yeah. You know, sometimes I drive around L.A. as I do. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of beautiful art out there. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, tagging and spray paint, and uh, what's it, What's it called? Italian in spray paint.
0: But what is that called? Graffiti. Street art. There's
1: a lot of uh, beautiful street art graffiti out there. Uh-huh. And I see a lot of uh, Kobe's out there. Tons of Kobe's. Big fa- L.A., big fan of Kobe's. Uh, well, and also after he died. Right, of course. Kobe's left Kobe's and right. Kobe's everywhere. Kobe's left and right over Up here. and down. But then once in a while you see somebody, it's like it's probably their first year of graffiti. It's their first Kobe. First Kobe. First, like, you know, try And it's like, hey, why does Kobe look like uh, an alien? Like, why is his forehead so gigantic? Why are his cheekbones, like, are contoured like a YouTube trans uh, makeup Makeup tutorial? tutorial? (laughs) Like, it's just like, what is going on? And sometimes it's just like.
0: Kobe was into things that you don't know about behind (laughs) closed doors. The artist knew Kobe better than you did, all right?
1: But it's just like, why? Yeah, it's like, if you're not. If your skill set is not there yet, yeah. Like, why are you trying to make, like, please don't spray paint Kobe making, like, a sick move because you clearly don't know how to, like, spray paint bodies or fingers. Or motion. Yeah. And stuff like that. So it's very odd when you see terrible uh, portraits or what would you call them? Street art. Yeah. Or or murals. Murals, I would say. Um,
0: I confronted some. As they're doing it? Some spray paintists. Yeah. Whatever you call them. It's called
1: sp- uh, spray penis. Some
0: young uh, uh, youths. I confronted them. Yeah. They were just spraying on some construction fence. But I was pretty tired of seeing the graffiti.
1: On a fence?
0: I stood behind... Like a construction fence. So, like...
1: So, it's got the paper or whatever through uh, it?
0: Yeah. It's plastic, I it's think. it's like... But, yeah. It's okay. It's not... You know, it's kind of see through, but, but not. like a chain link fence, though, right? Chain link fence with the coating on
1: it, though. Yeah, right, right. What a waste of spray paint. But go what, on. Go
0: anyway, they're tagging it up, and I didn't start with confrontation. Of course, you never I do. I just posed a question.
1: Question. Simple I as that.
0: Do you have to do that? And they, I can't remember what the, I'll say, artist said, but his friend chimed in. He had a friend. Oh, and you in. weren't
1: talking to the friend. You were talking to him. I was him. talking to yeah. the
0: artist. The friend goes, you got to let him finish.
1: That's a huge rule in my house. Got to let me finish. (laughs) Yeah. But go Uh, on. So anyway, you know, you said
0: you got to let him finish. And that set off a dialogue about the creativity that was happening before me.
1: Okay. So there was a dialogue. This wasn't just a screaming match or anything. So
0: I said, well, I know where this is going. What are you getting? I know what you're doing. You're putting your initials. Maybe you're going to add a little shading, maybe a little star in the corner. I've seen it before. It doesn't look good. Yeah. This is no good.
1: Yeah. You know what street art is. They
0: got immediate feedback on their street art in the moment, Mm. which I don't think many people get. No, no, not at all. So the other guy kept saying, you got to let him finish. You got to let him finish. I'm like, I know where it's going. I've been all over the world. I've seen the initials all over the world. This is garbage.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to see it. Yeah. Get out of here. Was it just black spray paint?
0: It, w- it, might, it was like silver, I think.
1: Okay. And they got out?
0: I shamed them out.
1: Because they knew.
0: They knew it was crap. They knew. that. Yeah. I was yeah. like, this is derivative. Yeah. If you're going to pick Damn, up. Damn, you
1: call them derivative?
0: Yeah, in uh, maybe not so many words. You I might have. Yeah. <laughs> no, I might have. I can't remember. it was a little while ago, but yeah, I was just like, this has been done. Yeah. If you're going to come out here with your spray paint and your buddy keeping watch, make it unique. To me. Yeah, it was you. Yeah, you gave him, yeah, you yeah, gave him the on, Step it up. Step it up.:
1: So you gave him some motivation, if anything. Yes. he's going to come back same spot, but it's going to be f- beautiful.
0: Well, I came back later and they came back and finished and uh and of course yeah, it it's was exactly what you it expected. Was crap. Yeah. 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 That's terrible. I was so disappointed in them. Mm. Not because they were doing it out in public.
1: And that and that's why now you're teaching uh young kids how to spray paint, right? Exactly. Every weekend? Coaching, yeah. Co- <laughs> like w- these kids, were they like I mean, were they like eight, nine, ten year old Teens. Like what, they were teens. What type of teen? teens? Like skater what teens. Skater they, teens. I think
0: they had skateboards.
1: Were maybe. they? They weren't. They couldn't have been that. That. T- like I, and I don't. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't have confronted any teen. I don't care. White
0: Bones said that to me afterwards. That just like a week or two before that, a off-duty police officer confronted someone doing graffiti and it was a gang member and the gang member shot them on site and i was like oh well i did lead with a question throw a question out there you're not confronting right
1: i don't know if that's exactly how they think we're like well he was leading with a question
0: well it is (laughs) harder to answer in an angry manner if you say do you have to do that
1: but what if he was like
0: yeah, I gotta do it. Yeah, I gotta do it and I gotta blast your ass. Yeah. Well, then we got an
1: issue for me. You're, yeah, you're bending over. <laughs> the issue over. is that my ass is being blasted. blasted. out in public, too? Uh, yeah, I know. I don't like that. I think uh, his buddy's keeping watch, making sure that he gets a turn right afterwards. Yep. And then he spray paints the back of your lower <laughs> back. <laughs>
0: they put their initials on there. <laughs> And I'm like, don't forget the shading.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I
0: think that's a good place to end the episode, right?
1: Yeah, you're alive, but again, I would say, and I don't even, I'm not even talking about just uh, teens uh, being uh, doing graffiti or street art. Mm -hmm. I mean, any sort of teens, I don't go up to them. They're
0: loose cannons. They don't have enough
1: to lose. Exactly. Yeah. All right, that's the episode that's been the episode everybody thank you so much for joining us once again i'd like to kindly remind you to review us wherever you're listening to this podcast thank you for liking thank you for subscribing and we will see you on the next round of school education out Bye. Okay.